Welcome back to another episode of The Top Step. My name is Ryan Roland-Smith, about to be joined by Grant Balfour and our guest this week, Tyler Madzik. If you watched the World Series, you knew who this guy was, is in every high leverage situation. Amazing story. If you don't know the story, you're going to hear about it on this episode. But pretty much, I'm just going to give you a quick little breakdown. The guy was out of baseball. 2014, he gets to the big leagues. 2015, he gets the yips. And he's just pulling his hair out, trying to figure it out. And then you fast forward to 2020, the Braves sign him. Then 2021, we know what happens. They go to the World Series and he is right in the thick of it. So an amazing story. We're going to get to all of that before we do. Make sure you go click subscribe. Go back, listen to some of the older episodes. Go back, listen to some of our guests. There's some amazing stuff. And I want to give a big thank you as we head into 2022. All our listeners here in the US, back home in Australia, we've got so much good stuff coming up on this show. So click subscribe, tell your mates, enjoy it, pop it in while you're doing that workout or you're going for that long drive or driving to work, whatever you're doing, have a laugh, enjoy some stories. All right, enough of that. Let's get right to it. It's Grant Balfour, Tyler Madzik, join me right here on The Top Step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. <laughs> Face Hall, Hall of Famer. Of Famer. <laughs> Especially if he strikes them out. Here comes the one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life. As he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. And the inning is over. But what an inning it was. At six. Victor Martinez and Grant Balfour jawing and benches it clear. My goodness. This this is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. It's not personalized, but he talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, Big man, how are we doing? Good, mate. How are you? I'm doing all right, mate. How was the weekend? Uh, yeah, mate. Good weekend. Actually, uh, big cleanup around the house, mate. Just uh, spent a lot of time. It's actually been a little chilly down here. Really? Uh, yeah, for Florida. Once it gets down into the 60s, mate. Yeah, it feels cold, actually. Weekend at home. Spent the weekend out last weekend. So just a weekend at home doing stuff around the house, mate. Yeah, you are on the boat last weekend, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Or a jet ski. Out and about. Ah, the boat, mate. Out the boat. Have you still you still got the jet ski, or you sold that? No, nah, no, nah, I flogged them off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, you, just, you just didn't find yourself riding the thing anymore, or what? Nah, I mean, some bloke wanted them, and he, you know, he's a, he was pay, he was prepared to pay a decent amount for them. You know, they're hard to find at the moment. You know how basically how everything is at the moment. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah, just let him go, let him go, and I'm use the boat all the time. So nice. it's all good. Well, mate, I've done my knee and. You won't believe oh, it. I was, I was snowboarding. You've gone and done your knee, have you? <laughs> yeah, I went. I went up Saturday, Sunday with the kids, and uh, Kennedy's starting to tackle some blue runs. You know, so I'm starting to push her a little bit. She's starting to do oh, the yeah. steeper ones. That's good. Yeah, little Lennox. He's only three, so he's not quite there yet. He's only doing the greens. But Kennedy, I'm. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah you, you. It's one of those things, man. You have two daughters. You want to. You want to not push them, but like make sure you sort of you are pushing them a little bit without freaking them out. Well. Kennedy, yeah. we get to the top of this one hill, mate. And it's pretty steep. Alpentol's the spot. If you're familiar with, you know, at Snoqualmie, it's only a small hill. Like it hasn't got a whole lot of elevation to it. 
But yeah. Alpentol gets pretty steep, you know. So we're doing one run. And I'm like, oh yeah, come on, get here, you're good. She's like, yeah. You sure? I'm like, Yeah, she's six. Get up the top yeah. and and she just looks down this one section. She's like, No chance, you know, straight away, sit down on the hill. I'm like, Well, we I said to her, I said, listen, mate, I said, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. So I'm cruising, <laughs> I'm cruising with her, and she's finally got up to her feet. I'm trying to coach her through it, this and that and the other. I'm watching her, watching her. Sure enough, yeah. we get pretty much down the bottom. I'm going five miles an hour. Swear to God, on the old snowboard, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was doing yeah. backflips, you know, 20 meters behind. But no, I yeah. get to a spot where I'm just going nice and slow, watching her, not paying attention. This kid comes whizzing past me. So I try and get out of the way, catch an edge, go over it, and I just straight away, mate. You know when you just feel it when you're yeah. old? Yeah, uh, and, and you you're in agony, me. mate. I flip over. I feel it hit my head on the ground, but I just, that knee just starts barking. So I get down the bottom of the hill. It's cold. Uh, drive home about an hour drive get back i'm like should i ice it i should just be lazy i just i didn't i got distracted they woke up next morning couldn't walk mate i've been struggling all day so lucky i'm sitting down right now let me tell you no it doesn't sound good yeah well hopefully you've just sprained it you haven't done any further damage you planning on going to see the uh the dock up there or what I don't know. I, I, I'm going to wait. I'm just going to wait for the swelling to get down. Obviously, if I was still playing, yeah. it would be different, but I'm just kind of waiting. Yeah, yeah. I don't need it anymore. But yeah. uh, anyway, it's been, it's been a bit of a bummer of a day, but uh, I'm, I am excited. This is going to get my, my uh, spirits up talking to our next guest, Tyler yeah. Mazdick, mate. I can't wait to talk to this dude. Uh, his story, yeah. you know, pitching with the Atlanta Braves in the World Series, just being the dude in those high leverage situations. And then you hear about everything he's been through. I cannot yeah. wait. Not that I want to. You and I talked about this before he came on. <clears throat> Is it because I had Daniel Bard on this on this show last year, who had yep. seven year, um, you know, seven years away from the game. He had the yips with the Boston Red Sox. He was a closer with the Red Sox seven years, and they became yeah. the uh, National League Comeback Player of the Year. So I was yeah. talking to him, and I, I, I catch myself all the time saying, "Do I just want to keep diving into these details? These dudes are over this stuff." But I feel like guys like Tyler and, and Daniel, they've been through this crazy stuff, as we all know, as the yips. Uh, hopefully, he can give a good explanation for people who don't quite understand that. But, yeah. uh, you know, you, you have to balance that. Do you want to dive into it? But I feel like these guys, they want to tell their story, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, everyone's, you know, that's, that's personally up to them. And uh, we're about to find out. It's obviously one of those things that, you know, no baseball player ever wants to go through. And it can happen in, in, in other sports too. And uh, I mean, he's obviously going to tell us a lot more about it and what he's been through, hopefully, uh, to overcome those. I mean, just just to, to overcome what he's been through and then to go out and do what he's done. You know I mean, you know, you're talking about a guy that was a first round pick here, yeah. gets to the big leagues, has some success, pretty good actually, uh, pitching there in Colorado. And then all of a sudden, boom, hurts his ankle, you know, yeah. Just and it goes downhill from there, and he falls into this tough spot. Uh, had to work his way out of it, and um, you know, obviously, mate, he, he ends up on top of the world. So, have you ever had the yips like thrown to a base or anything like that? No, nah, I never had the yips. I mean, someone, someone might have said I had it for a game or two. <laughs> Walk the park, <laughs> what are you doing? But, um, no, nah, no, nah, I never had the yips. Uh, thank god. I had to throw on the first base, man. I've told a lot of people this now that I'm done playing. I wouldn't talk about when I was playing. I just couldn't. But it was hardcore. Yeah. That that bunt or that that swing bunt down the first base line as a yeah. lefty, picking that ball up, spinning and throwing the first base. Every time I looked yeah. up to look at first base, 
it was just a sea of people. Like I just couldn't see it. And then my yeah. arm just wouldn't move. My arm just would not move the same way. And then I'd email it. I'd do the old, like, look down at my hands. Like I got something stuck on my hand. Yes. <laughs> but I knew, I knew the minute I turned around to throw that ball, I tried uh, to shop put it over to first base. So what'd just, you do? Just, you just hold it most of the time? No, I just kind of shop put it. Sometimes <laughs> I remember once, matter of fact, this, I think it was the second or third last game I ever pitched in the big leagues playing, pitching against the Mets. Yeah. Ball hit down the first baseline. And I've got two outs, man, runner on second. Pick that ball up. I'm like, oh, I got this. I got this. I'm out of this inning. You know, it's a close game. Pick that ball up, turn to throw. Whoop. And that ball just goes right down into right field. And I'm just like, uh, oh, man. It's just just a sinking feeling. But it uh, definitely I doesn't did have a, make it easy. I mean, no. And, uh, you know, John Lester just retired. You know, I mean, yeah. I remember being when I was with the Red Sox watching him over on field six. And I, I had yeah. no idea. I had no idea he had the yips on it, picking off the first. And he's over yeah. at, over on field six. And you can see him in the distance. And I was like asking the guys when we're doing like PFPs or whatever during spring training. I was like, what's Lester doing? And then he goes, oh, mate, he struggles trying to first base. I was like, what? And you can yeah. see him down there just airmailing, like just simple throws, just airmailing balls to first base. Then he gets yeah. straight over the Cubs. And now all of a sudden the word gets out. And you see those, those Cardinals, you know, guys just taking those huge leads. But yeah. I will say this, man, and this is something I can't quite mm. explain besides the fact that, like, you talk about mental, like, presence and stuff. How the hell did he have a 3-6, John Lester, in the big leagues and not no. be able to pick off the first? It's pretty well, amazing. He might have he he had a 2-6 if he could have. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good <laughs> you point. You know what I mean? That's I mean, good. he had a 3-6. And uh, like you said, he couldn't even throw to first, which is mind-boggling, right, when you think about it. I mean, yeah. it really is. Yeah. I, mean, I did see a couple of things though, where, you know, guys got 20 foot leads on him and he's almost, he's stepping off, stepping off the back. And he actually did make some of those short throws where you step off the back and make a short throw and get a guy once in a while, which I mean, when you're that far off, I mean, yeah. you should, I mean, you just, you and I both know that guy needs to be out. Like he, there's no way he should yeah. be anywhere close. Right. Oh man. But uh, I mean, yeah, he, he played it off well and navigated through uh, his career yeah. You know, somehow managed, made it manageable. And uh, like you said, put up some good numbers. So, uh, yeah, I've been wanting to, you know, we have to get to word of the day. I've been wanting to say this phrase yeah. about five times because it's in my head because I'm waiting to do word of the day before we get to Tyler. He's going to jump on here in about five minutes but, uh, or a couple minutes, actually. But uh, <laughs> I love this one. And I used to use a lot, I don't use it as much anymore, but my friends still use it. And I do hear it when I go back oh, to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> so the phrase or the word of the day, the Australian word of the day, Grant, is just quietly. Now, if yeah. you're American, you probably listen to that going, well, what is that? I, don't, I say that all the time, just quietly. He said, no, no, explain. Use it in a sentence, man, and then we'll talk through it. Mate, um, just quietly. Um, you know, just quietly. <laughs> I'm thinking about uh, heading out tomorrow night for, for a feed. It's basically just just between you and me. I'm, I'm thinking about going out and uh, yeah, grabbing some dinner or whatever if you want to come along. Just so, quietly. <laughs> it's it's just basically something that's confidential just between you and me. Right. You know, I don't want you to go tell all the boys, just you and me or, or hang out or whatever. Yeah, it's like, oh, I would wouldn't mind head, wouldn't mind heading up the coast this weekend just quietly. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically it so yeah. it says like confidentiality. It's supposed to be this, hey, just quietly, like hey, just quietly. I'm not gonna tell you about this, you know, so and so. But, yeah. but the, I think it's what it's used in Australia. And if you listen to this, one of Aussie listeners, and you will nod your head to this, it's more about stressing the point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's more about like, uh, more, Look, more about like, oh, I thought you had an absolute shocker just quietly. 
Like, you know, like it's more <laughs> about like making sure you're like, yeah, 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 that's a great point. And a lot yeah. of times it follows if you're at the pub with your mates and you're telling yeah. some big news, you, you look down one of your neighbor's house and, and the pool, they've got a pool and they've tried to go big with it or something like that. Yeah. And uh, your mate's like, well, I think it looks like shit just quietly. Like this. And then, <laughs> then the sip of the beer right after it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. If you basically, like you said, it, it does. It stresses the point. You're right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny the way that, uh, the way you use it, the terminology. It um, makes me laugh, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, for example, this one here it is a perfect one. So this is used in like a, like a, a, um, a conversation. Ben says, hey, man, I know I've been drinking, but should I go there? Obviously talking about you know, the, the, the bird across the other side of the bar. Yeah. Dude, just quietly, she has a forehead like the size of a bus. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that would be one used, obviously. You know, just quietly as if to say, "Hey, look, I'm 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 giving you some information here. You may not like it, yeah. but this is how I really yeah. feel about it." And, and yeah. off you go. Oh, hey, all right. With that being said, Tyler is in the waiting room, in the green room. Let's yeah. bring him in, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to this chat. This is going to be good. All right, mate. All right, let's do it. Tyler, how are we doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, guys. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no, we appreciate it, man. We've been, we've, we've been waiting a while to, to talk to you. I know you've been all over the place, um, traveling all over the place. Is, is that something that you and your wife would usually do in a normal off-season? Or is it more of the something where, you know what, I just won a World Series. I want to celebrate. I've come back from some crazy ups and downs in my career that I want to go and celebrate this just for a couple months. I think it's a little bit of both. To be honest with you, I think, uh, you know, everything was so locked down the last couple of years, mm. you know, when you've been just itching to go out and travel and, uh, you know, it, it's turned into more of like a, a little bit of a celebration mm. tour, like for her and I. Uh, but yeah, man, we love to travel, you know, like, like we were talking about before this, we, we, I don't have any kids. So, uh, you know, <laughs> my wife and I love to go travel and kind of see the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh Nice. Yeah, it's good, man. That, that's why when, when we started, you know, communicating, I was I was trying to get you on the show, and you, you know, obviously I was watching your Instagram, and I'm looking at that, thinking for sure, it's one of these things that, and again, I want to I want to dive into a lot of the lot of the different you know things you've been through, especially this time of year, man. When you look at that, you have the World Series. After the World Series, were there was there a lot of things for you personally, different things that people wanted you to go to or speak at or jump on or, or media requests and all those kinds of, kinds of things right after the World Series? Yeah. I mean, I think the podcast thing, everybody's doing a podcast now. And so, uh, you know, it's been tough to get onto every podcast. I think I'm doing like one or two a week kind of thing and just, right. you know, kind of picking and choosing the, the podcast I like. So, uh, you know, I'm here, I'm here with you guys, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, mm. it's been a whirlwind, man. Cause a couple of years ago, nobody cared about me being on no podcast. Nobody cared about anything like that. So, yeah. uh, you know, I remember those days and, and, you know, to have some media attention, that's a pretty cool thing. And the, you know, kind of comes with the job with being a professional baseball player. But when did everyone start catching on about your story and wanted to ask you about everything you've been through? And I, you've probably told your story a thousand times. I was thinking about this before you jumped on. I was like, I said to Grant, I was like, fuck, man, do we want to put him through this again? You know, 2015, 2016, 2017. <laughs> but you've probably told that story a thousand times. And I want to get into it, man, because, again, I'm fascinated. We had Daniel Bard on last year, you know, dealing with some of the stuff here. And obviously, you've gone through the same kind of stuff. And I've dealt with kids, 16, 17, even pro guys who I know, a couple of strands, who have been through it. I had to throw on a first base, um, you know, all these little things. 
But at what point was it everyone started to start to dig into your story and say, shit, Tyler's been through this. Was it playoffs or was it before the playoffs? Uh, I think it kind of gained some traction in 2020 and then it really took off in 2021. Uh, you know, I think in 2020, Daniel Bard was like the big guy, like, hey, he hasn't played in seven years and he's going out, he's the closer and uh, he's throwing a bazillion miles an hour because he's just you know god's gift to pitching honestly yeah guy's so natural and fluid man he just throws 100 miles an hour and everything's nasty that comes out of his hand so you know he was like the headline the front line of the guy who was like the comeback player kind of thing and uh you know him and i have a very similar story and um you know daniel's an awesome human being and he went out there and, and proved that you know he uh he didn't really have the yips anymore man he went out there and did his thing so it was a beautiful thing to watch but uh, I think in 2021, I think, uh, you know, I started having a little bit more success, kind of getting into a more uh, high leverage role. I think people started actually like going like, where the heck did this guy come from? And when they heard my story, they're like, dude, how are you? How are you pitching in pressure situations after having, you know, for uh, like two or three years, not been able to throw a baseball? So, right. yeah, it's a very interesting story. Is Daniel, is, is he someone you reached out to while you're going through it? Or is, is he someone who... Like you said, he's an awesome human being. So you guys have obviously talked a little bit. Yeah. So this is crazy. In 2019, he was actually my mental skills uh, coach with the Diamondbacks. Oh, oh that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you, I know, Daniel. You guys would have crossed paths. Yeah, I was uh, I was in spring training and I played a little bit in Double A there, and he was our one of our mental skills guys. So I got to talk to him quite a bit. Uh, come in probably two three times a week. Early on in spring training, go sit in his office. We do some meditation. We just talk about our lives, um, you know, and it was a shorter period of time. It was, a, it was spring training. So, you know, six weeks or so, eight weeks or so. But, you know, I, I could tell right away, like, you know, he'd gone through something very similar to what I did. And then he wasn't even thinking about playing at that time. Yeah. And then he started from what I try to remember from, you know, when I talked to him last is he said that he just one day went and got played catch and was like, oh, I'm actually, I'm feeling really good. This is good. Okay, let's go. So. Yeah, he wasn't even thinking about about playing at that point. He was he was going, you know, fully into that mental skills kind of thing. I remember Dan, uh, Daniel Bard. I mean, yeah, my days playing. Um, uh, he was he was nasty. With nasty. like you said, everything everything he threw was nasty. And he was the guy. I mean, I was like, wow, this guy's the next. You know, closer for Boston. And you know, he's just he's got unbelievable stuff. It's just a hundred miles an hour, and just looks easy for the guy. You know, and he, yep. he was putting up some ridiculous numbers. Um, but then obviously, yeah, he fell into, uh, the yips and, you know, Jonathan Papelbaum was there doing his thing and he, you know, he kind of fell away out of the game. And, and I mean, you, you know what that's like, um, you were a first round pick. You obviously in high school did some really good things. You obviously had a great arm, great makeup, everything about you for the Colorado Rockies to take you in the first round is something someone's got to see some good there. Right. So obviously you had great stuff and you got to the big leagues with the Colorado Rockies. And I, and looking at the numbers, you you had some pretty good success there. You know, that's not an easy place to pitch. You know, we we both pitched there, and I, and I know what that's like. So, the numbers that you put up, you're obviously there. You were starting. You know, you you rolled your ankle, and then it just turned into just other issues led to that. And then you've gone through what you've gone through, I'm trying to basically figure out what it is that what what's happening, what's going on. Can you take us through that a little bit? In a short yeah. version without having to, you know, get too much into it, I suppose. So here's the yeah. thing too, Tyler. I think Grant's worried about, and I was like this, it's like you don't want to trudge up all those emotions, everything you went through, right? But are, yeah. you, 
are, is that something that you're comfortable now with? Just, just, yeah, here, this is how it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I had somebody uh, years ago talk to me. It's actually Michael McHenry, the catcher. He's like, you know what? Like, it's as stupid as this sounds. The only person who could beat Voldemort was Harry Potter because he's not scared to say the name. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not scared to say I had the yips. I probably still have the yips. I don't think they ever truly go away. I think it's uh, just something that you're kind of everybody's got. Sometimes it comes up in people. Sometimes it doesn't. And um, yeah, I'm not scared to talk about it. I don't think it really, you know, a lot of people are like, I don't want to talk about the yips. They fear it, you know. Uh, but when you when you fear it, it just gives it more power. That's all, all right. it's doing. It's just a word. It's just an involuntary spasm. It's an overreaction to fear is really what it yeah. is. So, um, you know, I'm not afraid to talk about it at all. Well, you and, and obviously, Grant talked about in 2014. And after that, you already got to the big leagues. Was any of this going on when you were in high school or before you got to the big leagues or before it really the shit at the fan? Uh, I mean, it was never like what I would classify as the yips. I mean, I had... I think I just had naturally just a high anxiety, like my, my whole entire life. I just was a very anxious kid, very anxious young adult. And then I think it just, once I got to the big leagues and I rolled my ankle, it, it, in my mind, I was like, oh shit, you know, I'm supposed to, I put all this pressure on myself. Like I got to lead these 25 or 24 other guys and we got to go, we're going to beat the Dodgers and all this crap. Yeah. I had this all in my mind, roll my ankle and I go, crap, how am I going to be able to do all this if I can't even like stand on my ankle? So I kind of like pitched her injury. And it just meant it led to my mental state just completely eroding away to just nothing where I just did not believe in myself to do anything. And mm -hmm. uh, the fear of the failure started to overwhelm me. And my reaction to that fear was to freeze. You know, we have fight, flight and freeze. Yeah. Uh, my response was freeze. And it led to a, a, a muscle spasm of my arm not working. I felt like I was, had a piece of wood for like a two by four for my arm. And, um, yeah, then, uh, yeah, it was a battle to, to try and not have a two by four for an arm. Do you remember having coaches who just didn't understand it? And I'm not saying just cause they're old school, like, Oh, you know, or you're being soft or anxiety. That's what's all, all these other different things, but there must've been some coaches, man. And I want to ask you this about some of the dumbest advice you've ever gotten. Cause I talked to Bardo about this, but there would have had to be just, just do not understand. So you're sitting there trying to have, you're speaking basically another language to them, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the classic one is, Hey, just calm down. It's like, bro, if I could calm down. I wouldn't be <laughs> doing this shit right now. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> Oh, thanks, bud. Thanks. Just calm down. Uh, another great one I heard was, yeah, anybody who has the yips, you know, they end up being alcoholics because they have a bad mindset and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, I don't even drink. Like I have like one beer a week, maybe, which in the term baseball, it's like nothing. You might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I've heard that. Um, I heard, uh, I had a coach say, you know, you're lucky. He, this one's kind of messed up. He said, you're lucky you're white because Dominicans don't get the opportunity to have the yips they'd be back on the island and i was just like jesus bro that's so fucked up like on so many levels are you kidding me right yeah. in, in other words in other words what he's trying to say is basically like um you should be so lucky that you get the soft landing to be able to deal with this if you can't throw a ball right like that's basically what like i a, heard like a privilege the fact that an organization whoever you're with is giving you is allowing you to do this as opposed to just getting rid of you pretty much but I kind of find that hard to believe because if I saw a Latin guy who was throwing hundred miles an hour or whatever, yeah. you know, like, even if he didn't know where it was going, Oh wait, they, they sign those guys all the time. Never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. 
What about, yeah. and just on the same note, you must have had, and I, I, I feel like there's always this as well, because I've got friends who coach and stuff like that. These organizations feel like they either, they can fix you. Like they like, oh no, we, we've got the guy. You must have ran into some of these gurus, right? And, and nothing against them. They're trying to help. Like they're trying to help. Yeah. But there must have been some just, and especially if you're, if you're a you know, <clears throat> left-handed pitch like you are, you're a first rounder, you, you got really good shit, you throw hard. And then you got someone coming in and, and want to reinvent the wheel, give you some hocus pocus or, hey, let's talk about your, what colors do you see on this wall or some, some <laughs> trickery of, you know, some psychological babble that you just, there must've been that too, right? Oh man. I saw so many different quote unquote yip experts, psychiatrists, psychologists, like they're all just trying to figure out what the heck is going on here. Neuroscientists, like crazy things. Right. right. So yeah, man, I've tried a, probably almost anything and everything. And like you said, like it's worked for some people. It just didn't work for me. And I want to get that out there. Like, I'm not trying to say these yeah. are bad things to do because I know people have had success, success with it. It just didn't work for me. But like yeah. the whole tapping concept didn't work for me. I'm just sitting there like tapping and I'm like, Dude, I don't feel anything. I feel like I'm just touching like my shoulder and my arm and my elbow. Like I don't, right. this isn't doing anything for me. Uh, there was a kick. There was this one where they tried to realign my, my, wavelengths in my brain we had like beta alpha and like theta waves or something so i played a game with this like skull cap thing on and gel like on my head and i'd watch a tv screen and try and make this like it was almost like happy bird I almost tried to make this thing like fly with my brain waves and i'm not even doing anything i'm just like it's supposed to subconsciously rewire your brain and i'm like okay well give this a shot and uh yeah, man, there was just a bunch of different, I, I had to do, I met some people that made me read like those like cards where it looks like you take paint, you smash it and you fold it up, fold it open, you open it back up. And there's just like all these weird things. What do you see? And I'm like, honestly, I see a black blob on a piece of paper, but I guess I'll try and find something in here. Well, they call that, I think they, some people call that art, I guess. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe I'm that's what millions it is. Of bucks for it, <laughs> Maybe he so, did man, it you... 10 minutes ago and he was asking how much he'd pay for his piece of art, I guess. I don't know. So, mate, you went through you went through so much. I mean, obviously, like you said, you, yeah, it's it's it can't be easy. You know, you're trying to find the answer. All you want to do is go back out there and pitch and do what you love. You play the game that you love. You know, you could care you like you said, you could care less about this gyps or whatever the hell it is. I just want to be able to throw the ball and do what I do and love the game. So, what is it that really for our fans and people out there? What is it that really did help you? you feel that got you over the hump. Obviously at the end of the day, it's you, you're the one that did it. You're the one that came through with it. Uh, they can, like you said, there's so many people that are out there, but who do you think had the most influence maybe that you want to give credit to on this? Yeah. Other so than yourself, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say I didn't work my butt off, man. I worked my butt off, but I, I needed somebody to point me in the right direction. And uh, the guy that did that for me was Jason Kuhn. He's a, an ex Navy seal. He, uh, he was a baseball player in college who actually got the yips. And then everyone was telling him kind of the similar things they would tell me, like, oh, you're just mentally weak. You can't hack it. Blah, blah, blah. Just relax. And he's like, dude, that's just something completely different. So he said, what's the mentally the most tough thing I could possibly do? Because I'm going to prove all these people that it's not mental, you know, not mental toughness. So he goes and becomes a Navy SEAL first time, works right through the program, super easy, goes on to have a successful Navy SEAL career. And then, uh, he gets out and he's like, dude, the stuff I learned through the SEALs could have helped me so much going through the yips and going through college and all that stuff. Like I need to start sharing this, sharing this stuff with people. 
So he started Stonewall Solution, and that's how I found him. I found him. Michael McHenry was the guy who actually hooked me up with him. And, uh, yeah, man, he's he's been a huge influence on me. And um, I think one of the biggest biggest things that I've seen help me is, uh, like we said, the concept that the yips is an overreaction to fear. So everything we do in baseball, you're going to have some kind of fear of failure. It's just that built into the game. It's built into every sport, really it's how you respond to that fear. So it's flight. You can't run away from where we're doing. You have fight and you have freeze. And I think the yips is just our brains or whoever has the yips, their brain is just hardwired to go to that freeze as opposed to going to the fight. And so I think that all you have to do is just kind of be conscious of that and start rewiring your brains to get into that fight state. Yeah. I always would tell people too, I would see some guys in the clubhouse. I just feel like some, not so much in the big leagues, but more maybe more so in the minor leagues. Um, I'd see some guys, you know, they're always turning their head. Or even when they got to the big leagues, they turn their head and they're, they're worrying about the guy behind them, who's coming up, who's coming up. And sometimes they worry about they're, – they're afraid of success sometimes, you know. Guys would yep. start to be afraid of success. I'm like, you can't be afraid to succeed. You know what I mean? That's, that's one thing you can't be afraid to do. But if you do that, I feel like you're just holding yourself back, you know. Um Obviously, you'd been through a lot of success. To be a first-round pick, there's a lot of success there. You know, you're not failing. And the game of baseball, we fail a lot. So this is something that is difficult to overcome because in the game of baseball, yeah, we do fail. So then it's hard to, you know, get back on the horse. We know as relievers or starters in the game, it's not easy to go out there, pitch, yeah, and just be perfect every time. It's not always going to happen, you know. It's um, so having that consistency and and being able to go out there and tell yourself, "Hey, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I got this." Blah blah blah, and stay confident, stay positive. Um, that's something I guess that now you you've grown to, you know, be able to do that. I, I suppose through through working with uh, with Jason. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, you know, for so long I had the game taken away from me and I what I missed most about the game once I realized it was I didn't miss the winning or the losing I missed just simply competing and now every opportunity I go out there whether I do good or do bad I'm just grateful that I had the opportunity to compete because for so many years I couldn't even do that man I couldn't even be on the field to compete and that that's what drove me insane losing I don't want to lose hell no I want to win but just being able to compete is what what truly like motivates me to go out there and keep doing it. Hey Tyler, you talked yeah. about some of the stuff you worked on and you know rewiring your brain to get into that fight. And what about like the seconds before you're about to throw throw a pitch, or even you know like just it, it was there some little thing you said to yourself or something you reminded yourself to get back to as opposed to that oh shit here we go again like because it has to be this thing that sits on your shoulder, right? That says, Hey, I'm still here, dude. Like this can come back yep. at any time. Is there something like a little trigger that you tell yourself? Yeah. So I think that your, your mind, it's almost like a little trick as opposed to like a trigger. Uh, it, your mind wants to think about something. It has to think about something. And for most people it's, there's the spot. I'm going to hit the spot. Right. And for some people like me, like it can't be that simple. Like I need something a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if I don't have something to think about, I end up just drifting off into those negative thoughts. So I like to trick my mind and what I call my one, two, threes, where I kind of get a rhythm going with them. My one, two, threes is like, like front side up with my front side glove side up, you know, 
arm up. So I'm feeling my hand up by my ear mm-hmm. and then driving the elbow. So mm-hmm. I have one, two, three. And if I'm thinking about those and feeling those, I'm filling that space that has to, you know, in my mind, that's, you know, has to be occupied by a, a thought. So I'm choosing what to fill my brain space with. Right. That's my trick. I guess it's not so much a trigger, but it's a trick. Gotcha. And what about like, I used to really struggle. Like when I was starting, I would get super nervous or anxious. I, I didn't, I didn't quite know what the difference is, you know, uh, to break it down. I'd wake up in the morning, the night before I'm on three hours of sleep. Couldn't sleep the night before, you know, wake up in the morning. You know, it's, I, I never forget. We're playing against the Yankees. They're going to have a, a Sunday game. CC Sabathia's pitch on the other side. Cliff Lee was my teammate, right? Now this is a dude completely polar opposite, you know, um, personality to me like he's just a guy who's just like oh yeah i'm pitching today sweet all right I'll, I'll do my thing i'll roll out and i'll just throw the ball over the plate i just i i was coming off three hours of sleep i was even downloading all these like motivational talks at two o'clock in the morning i'm like I'm just you know ripping my hair out get to the field there's breakfast in the in the in the cafeteria there i just can't eat physically cannot eat did yeah. you you is that you like are you that person even, and I'm talking about, and I'm not talking about before or now after, but it, it, do you deal with that too outside of just that, those seconds before you're about to throw a pitch? I think, uh, I think, before, well, we'll go, like you said, I know you said not go before or after, but before when I was starting, I think it was much tougher yeah. because you got so much riding on it. You got to go five or you're kind of really hurting the team. So there's yeah. a lot more anxiety and pressure, I think, there. I think, you know, if you come in as a reliever, you know that. You know, you can only do so bad before they just say, bro, that it, it ain't happening. They get you out yeah. of there. So it's a little less pressure there. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, uh, you know, back in the day, it, it was a little bit, you know, I think I was just anxious all the time. And I think it was just like, that's what I was anxious about. You know, it, it could have been if I wasn't playing baseball, I'd have been anxious about, you know, stock market if I was doing stocks or I'd be anxious yeah. about surgery if I was a doctor or whatever, whatever the hell I was doing, I'd be anxious about it. And um, now that, I've let go of the, the success and failure and just go want the opportunity to compete. The anxiety has gone down. Now when the anxiety and the fear there, I don't try and suppress it either. Mm. What I want to do is I want to use that as like my fuel in that fight mode. You know, if that fear isn't there, if you don't have a fear of losing or dying, you're not going to be very good at fighting. Right. But if you have that fear, it's going to fuel <clears throat> everything in your body that needs to, that, that needs to happen. So when that uh, yeah. phone rings down in the bullpen now, you know, I don't know, in the past, would you be like, you'd start to be like, oh, crap, you know, I'm up, I got to go pitch. And no, 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 before the phone rings, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out, yeah. waiting for that phone to ring. I'm trying to figure out the game. I'm freaking out before that. Yeah. Okay. So now, you, now you're in a situation where, hey, you want the phone to ring because you just want to go compete. You're not worried exactly. about it obviously you're going out there to win you're a winner you you're a competitor you want to win every time but you've eliminated those thoughts winning and losing and i think that's what's obviously what's made you so good is you go out there and all you want to do is compete and as we know in the game of baseball there's no time to go out there and this and that and the other sometimes when you when you especially when you're on the mound maybe prior to that you know i used to pitching in the you know closing or pitching late innings i used to sort of look at who am I going to be facing, prepare myself for these situations and things like that. But you're going out there now, not thinking about any anything other than give me the ball so I can compete. And you go on one pitch at a time, which is, as we all know, 
that's what we got to do. It's one pitch at a time. You got to throw strike one before you throw strike two and strike a guy out. Can't strike a guy out in the first pitch, right? I mean, pretty simple stuff for listeners. But when you're out there competing, it's get ahead, you know, and then whatever you got to do and then, and then put the guy away. And, and I'm just watching you pitch. Like, man, you come out and you compete. You're freaking got fire. I love it. You know what I mean? Like, you're just like, too. here it is. Hit me. No one would even think that you're thinking anything else. It's just like, it's unbelievable what they saw in the last couple of years. But we all know you've had that success before, and but you've been through a lot. So it's pretty damn good what you're out there doing. Oh, yeah. and, and people don't realize, you know, yeah, how hard this game is without going through what you've been through. So it's pretty yeah. impressive. I've had some really good people on my side, honestly, like my physical therapist. And like I said, my mental skills guy, my wife's been amazing. Uh, I've had yeah. some indie ball teams that have treated me very well for indie ball. You know, it's the wild, wild west in indie ball. And the guys have, you know, stuck by their word in situations where I probably wouldn't have kind of thing. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's been a team effort to get to this point. And like, like you said, man, it's, it has not been easy, but it's, it's taken honestly a, a good, a good group of people to, uh, to help me get there. Tyler, I'm going to ask you this, man, because I don't want to keep diving back into the into the into the yips and everything you've been through. You're sitting here; it's January now. I know we're dealing with this lockout, which is just, yeah, it just does my head in the fact that there we are sitting in this situation with lockout. But here you are in January; you're about to roll into 2022. You get to go back to spring training as a World Series champ and and everything else. Do you ever and and that, this is why I asked you at the beginning of when you first jumped on. Do you and your wife, Lauren, do you ever sit there and say, yeah, th this is it? Like, in other words, I feel like in Grant, I've known Grant for a long time. And obviously with you, the way listening to you talk, highly competitive and highly successful people. Do you still have that thing where, man, it, I have to keep doing this. I have to keep proving this or doing that. Or do you ever have those moments where you're just like, fuck, man, I can't believe I friggin' did this. Like where you pinch yourself, lack of better term and say, I can't friggin' believe I just did what I just did last October. Yeah, I mean, I for sure have a little bit of that going on. You know what I mean? Like, it's not every day that you win a World Series. And uh, some people play 20-year careers and don't ever yeah. win a World Series. So for me to be able to come back after what I went through and and be part of such a great team and, and a great organization that was able to, you know, do what we did, obviously I'm grateful for it. And, you know, it takes every everything going right in order for you to win a World Series. So obviously her and I look at each other and just like, wow, I can't believe it. Yeah. You know, I think the, the thing that we always look at each other, like, dude, we were living in a trailer like three years ago playing indie ball and all of a sudden we're winning world series. Like this is unbelievable. Crazy. So, yeah. I mean, back then I was just, I was looking, my goal back then was just to get a cup of coffee, honestly, like yeah. just come back, prove that I can still throw a baseball at the highest level. And then hell, if I got sent back down or whatever, I'd go into coaching or figure it out. Yeah. But I never, I never truly thought like, there's a, I'm going to win the world series. That's what I want to go do. And be, and be a huge part of that world series. I mean, you, you got to give yourself right. a little credit there. Like we sat here before and uh, we said it, you know, since before we've had you on here and be like, man, this guy should have been the MVP. I, I get tired of seeing the, um, <laughs> and I'm going to say it out. I'm going to put it out there. I was, a, you know, high end reliever, you know, eighth inning, ninth inning closer. I'm like, man, give give the guy at the relievers some some love. MVP yeah. hey, awards. I mean, why relievers not? Relievers are relievers are pitchers too, man. I got to remind people every day. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, hey, well, why can't why can't a reliever be an MVP? I know there's been a handful out there. I know it's tough, but uh, 
Yeah, man, I, I had you down as the MVP of that World Series. I, I'm just uh, going to go out there and say it, mate. Without this guy, it, they, they don't do it. They do. They honestly, they don't win it. I mean, and that's as simple as that. You know, that's why we wanted to have you on the show. We know you're a huge piece of that team. Um, we love your story. Yeah, man, you you uh, you got to give yourself maybe even more credit, but you're being humble. So I'm just going to go out there and do it for you and, <laughs> and make it easy on you. <laughs> you guys are pumping me up, man. I appreciate that. That's right. Dude, <laughs> nah. Hey, it's January. You got spring training coming up. You know what I mean? Like you need you need to get the back back. Hey, any any relievers, buddy? I'm uh, yeah. It's a it's a tough gig and it's, it's hard love. You know, when you have a bad game, they're all over you. When you have a good game, you know, sometimes you don't really no one no one really says anything to you. You know what I mean? They don't say they don't say anything to you. They don't say anything. It's like hey, he's just doing win. his job. Exactly. Hey, uh, you can't win. You can only lose. I got to ask you this, man. Before we let you go here in a second, I got to ask you, mate. And we've seen this go viral on Instagram with all what social media, whatever. World Series parade, right? You jump off the bus, you got your jersey on. I think you had like a big hat on or something. The cops put you in handcuffs. Talk us through that, mate. What what went down there? Uh, yeah, man. I had a couple uh, adult sodas or Fosters, as you guys would call them, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah I, I got off the bus I, I mean first off the fans were going crazy man. it was electric so i was like yeah. dude i want to be with the fans they're having a fantastic time like it's cool on this bus and all let's yeah. go fucking party with these guys so i got off the yeah. bus what, were you allowed to which, get off the bus like we allowed no to... we weren't gotcha i didn't <laughs> care i just got off the bus man and i'm just yeah. running up and down giving these guys high fives just going going crazy with the fans so i run in front of our bus run back go past our bus past the, the bus behind us and come back around the you know the passenger side, yeah. And I'd gotten off after the cop, but had run past back past the cop, so he didn't know he didn't see me get off the bus. Yeah. And as I'm running by, I see him kind of running at me. I thought he was trying to push somebody away from me, and then he grabbed me, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, maybe maybe he wants a picture." Then okay, and then he starts twisting my <laughs> arm behind my back, and I'm like, "Wait, this probably isn't a picture. I'm just gonna guess this is not a picture now." So he grabs me. I'm like. You know, once I figure out what he was doing, I just told him like, "Hey, my credentials are in my front right pocket." Like, he pulled them out. He looks at it and goes, "What the hell are you doing off the bus?" And I said, "I don't know. Apparently, it was a bad decision." He goes, "Yeah, get your ass back on the bus." I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I just started running up this hill to get back on the bus. That was the worst part. I got off on a hill. That was a bad choice. So, so, the, uh, so the bus had taken off. The oh, bus- they're gone. They're still going. Damn, so I'm running, I ran like 300 <laughs> yards to try and get back on this damn bus. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Hey, no no better way to uh, get ready for spring training, I guess, huh? That's right. Yeah, well. <laughs> what, what, were, like, what were the fan, fans? Obviously, everyone's got, the, everyone's got the phones out and everything. But were fans like getting on the cops? Like, hey, what? Like, because they all knew who you were or what? Yeah, I think the funniest part was that like somehow a camera guy got off the bus with me. And he was chasing me around taking pictures. And so if you look in the back of the thing, he's sitting there taking pictures and talking to the other cop next to him. Like, Hey, yeah, this guy's a player. And he just continues to keep snapping pictures. of me. <laughs> so, That's I mean, crazy. like, I think the cop, I don't know, man, I think it's just a mistaken identity. I think is what it was. The cops yeah. did a great job in keeping the, you know, keeping everybody safe. We had a great, great parade. Uh, you know, nothing bad happened, no riots or anything. So I, I think the cops did a great job. And uh, yeah. if the worst thing that happens is they have to talk to me for a little while. That's fine. Yeah, that was so. That was such a good World Series, man. Like, and I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, even when I was playing, sometimes you know, it gets into the off season. I'm just like, ah, eh, you know, I'll, I'll watch a few games. I was frigging locked in every frigging game. Like, it was so good. And I got to say, like, obviously with the Houston Astros, with everything you've seen, and then you hear all these stories coming out of your team, and and we know Peter Moylan as well. So like, 
watching yeah. he's obviously a part of it he's covering the whole thing and your manager how cool of a story it was with him and, and just everything that went through it. i mean you got to look at that that's what i was asking before i mean for you like what's next like what are the things that you want to accomplish moving forward you, you don't sit there and go oh, i'm just going to get my work in now you've been through a been through friggin' hell so you'll never sit there in the month of january compared to 2016 the month of january or 17 where you just friggin' lost you must be in this in a mindset now it's like all right I have to con- continue to keep progressing and keep doing stacking it on as opposed to, oh, I'm just going to go to spring training, get my work in and see what happens. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, in the past it was, uh, you know, I was trying to come into spring training competing for a job. Yeah, right. And now this year I feel like I can kind of s- step back a little bit and, and step back in the right way. Instead of going and competing for a job where I have to go out there and like, try and throw as hard as I can and have, yeah. you know, and be just really accurate and throwing a lot of strikes. I can go back and I can maybe, you know, work on like right now I'm working on like a dialing in my slider and right. uh, getting better spin, being more accurate with it, controlling it more early in counts and stuff like that. So yeah. instead of having to come in and, and, and get a job or try and get, you know, keep a job, I feel like I, okay, now it's time. Like you said, I can just start improving on myself and making myself better for this next season. Yeah. Cause uh. I know that, you know, this last year, my off speed was not very good and you can't sustain throwing 80% fastball. Somebody's going to eventually catch up to it. So well, I'm trying to get a little, little bit closer to a... Don't, don't believe all the, don't believe all those numbers. Cause I had a year, I'm That's telling you right now, generation. I threw 96 and I've got the number in my head. I threw about 96% fastballs, mate. Did you? Like a, cutters, a, cutters sinkers, and heat, like four seams? Just it's four seams. He had just three, four just seams. Weird. Four seam. <laughs> Four seam, okay. backspin, done. 96%, right? This is pretty spin rate everything too, man. It, it was, I'd watch Punch. a pitch, I'm like, dude, throw a fucking off-speed. Had, had, <laughs> had a one five ERA, one five I, ERA, right? I'd keep doing that too then. And the next year, I go into spring training, nothing against the Rays at the time, but they told me, hey, you're shooting 96% fastballs, probably should switch it up next year and start mixing in some more breaking balls. Awful, mate. Awful idea. <laughs> so all if right, you're throwing fastballs and no one's hitting it, I'm going to tell you from one guy to the next, go back out there and do it. Until they can show you that they cannot hit it, why change it? That's the yeah. way I look at it. If I was your pitching yeah. coach, if the Braves come calling, they need a guy. I mean, I'm, I'm just down the road. But um, you're going to have Kirby Yates in the bullpen with you this year, one of my boys. I know yeah. you had Jesse Chavez in there, another one yeah. of my boys, a pitcher. We've had him on the show. but. Um, yeah, man, I, I say, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's one of those things. Different generation it, right now, man. And it's, it's funny. Just, and Tyler, you've been through 2015 where this is kind of pre-track man, pre-ball behavior, all that stuff. And now it's just freaking straight in your face. This is what your ball's doing. You know, it's it's just, it's different. Is that something that, has that helped you or has it been more of a, hey, just let me freaking throw this pitch? What I like to do is I like to, go out there, do what I think works best. And then the hitter is the one that's going to ultimately tell you whether it's a good pitch or a bad pitch. Right. Exactly. And then the numbers, the numbers are going to tell you how to repeat that. That's what I think. Yeah, right. So if I just that's- threw a slider that the numbers were unbelievable, but the hitter it was all over it for some reason, whatever reason it was, I'm not going to throw that pitch. Yeah. If I see a guy swing and miss on a pitch and he looked like a friggin' idiot. Okay. Whatever those numbers are, I want to repeat that over and gotcha. over and over and over again. So yeah. I use it to confirm what I'm seeing. I don't use it's it's not the only thing that I'm seeing. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I think that's great advice for anyone pitching. I uh I'm right there with you, mate. 
you just stick with it. You know, like I said, yeah. some guys I'd, I'd see, you know, they throw two fastballs. They're like, well, it's 0-2. Got to throw him a curveball. And boom, right on the end of the bat, guy's got damn slider bat speed or breaking ball bat speed. Then you couldn't catch up to your fastball. Throw him another heater. Blow it by him, yeah. you know, until he shows yeah. you you can hit it. Yeah. Hitting's hard, man. Hitting's hard. And then just yep. let it eat. I forget it for so long. I've I struggled with throwing strikes. I feel like, dude, I just – I try and write down the middle and just say, here we go, man. Try and yeah, hit I it. it. I dare you. So I, I usually end it. up missing, missing on the thirds anyway. So it works out. Well, Tar, man, I don't want to keep you. You've got, uh, you got a lot to get to, man. You're having probably the best off season of your life right now. So I don't want to keep you on this podcast. Go hang out with your wife and none of you, and no kids. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go throw right now. So oh. it's six o'clock here. I'm going to go throw. I just got back from my brother's bachelor party. So uh gotta get some last minute thrown in where do you go throw like an indoor facility you're in california no 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 yeah in southern california so we can go out we're outside most of the day you know most every day uh so yeah there's a field down down the street from my house to a nice turf field that's got uh got lights on it oh sweet nice who who do you throw with my he's actually uh an indie ball player he played college too his name is brandon warner he was he's a an assistant at my, my physical therapy place and oh, uh, he just plays in a local men's league. And, and I met him playing indie ball and stuff. And now he just plays in a local men's league. So he just, he's always ready to throw. What's awesome. Your, your, That's the best throwing partners, mate. Ones that are always yeah. ready to go when you need them. Exactly. Perfect. Fuck, man. The amount of off seasons I had, I'd go back to Australia and just throw them against a frigging chain link fence. No one, I couldn't find Fine. anyone half the time to throw with. Brutal, yeah. mate. Absolutely brutal. <laughs> it's miserable. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's hard. How, you, about the, how about that ring size, mate? What uh, they, they, I'm sure they've called you about that ring size. What's going on there? When when they are you expected to uh, put those on the finger? They said they want to have they want to have it done by uh, spring training. I don't know. I don't know. They, I'm sure they're gonna have uh, some ring ceremony or something. But yeah, good old size ten on the right right ring, man. Right there. there. Can't wait to there. put it on. That's yeah, awesome. good for you, buddy. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Ty, oh, yeah, hey, huge congrats, man. It's so, it was so fun watching along during the World Series, getting the chance to talk to you. So we're excited to see you in 2022, and I might have to take – I might have to fly over from the West Coast here and hang out in spring training. That'd be fun. Hell, yeah. Come awesome. on out, guys. Let me know when you're there, and we'll go have a beer or something. Sounds good. Awesome, Ty. Appreciate um, it, buddy. Thanks very yep, much thanks, for coming guys. on, buddy. Awesome. Yeah, of course. And, uh, good luck for 2022. Hell, yeah. Thank you. Oh, epic chat, mate. Sometimes when I talk to these guys who've been through this stuff and, and I talk to guys who you know, have had the yips on the first base or you know other little mental blocks or whatever, you don't, like, and you talked about this before we kicked off this episode, you don't want to start trudging up all the old horrors that they've been through. But yeah. you can tell with Tyler, it's something that he's like, hey, man, I'll talk about this to the cows come home. It's probably, it's probably therapeutic when you talk about some of the shit you've been through, right? Yeah, I would think so. Like you said, I mean, it's, um, you know, he's been through a lot. He sounds like he's learned a lot, mate. He sounds like he's a jack of all trades now. I mean, he knows bloody half the thing about, you know, psychiatrists, psychology. He could probably go into all kinds of fields after playing baseball, <laughs> after everything's been through. He's learned so sure. much. Um, and there he's, is, he's pretty well educated. Yeah, and there are so many different little techniques and stuff. Because I've played with guys, and you have too, I'm sure, who've had the yips. And you have some guru charging thousand dollars a minute to come in and do some brainwave therapy or some, you know, hocus yeah. pocus. I'm glad he did. And again, dude, I'm I'm not knocking any of that. Some of that stuff works. 
But yeah. like, yeah, you know, you know, sometimes I'm scrolling through Instagram thinking to myself, what, what am I doing with my life right now? And then you see some, some, you know, mental skills guru or someone like self-help guru. I'm like, oh, I should try that technique. <laughs> and then next <laughs> I've just paid a hundred bucks for some app, never use it. It just does nothing, you know? So I'm glad he yeah. shed some light on some of the stuff. I couldn't imagine, dude. I mean, I think it... I think it's one of those things though, mate, where you've got to, you've got to go through those trial and errors. You know, I think if you just, I think if the first thing works for you, you're pretty lucky in that instance. Oh, I don't think sure. there's too many guys that have been through that where they're just like, yeah, I did one thing, you know, I scratched my balls and then I, I scratched my head and then all of a sudden before I threw the ball, <laughs> that was it. That was the key. You know, I said to scratch my balls and scratch my head and then throw the ball. And that was the key. But I don't think it's as easy as that, mate. I think. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> do, I agree, man. But could you imagine the eye-rolling moments? Eye-rolling moments you would have had. Some dude coming in with like, you know, sick hair or like cool outfit or something saying, hi, Tyler, I'm so-and-so. And he's just like, fuck, here we go again. They've just <laughs> brought this clown in. Just quietly. Just quietly, yeah. <laughs> Some big machine that like is supposed to like mess with your brain or something. It's just like, right, like, can I just get on the frigging man just – yeah, you know, is that this yeah. basketball pass this dude and just blow, you know, blow the doors off this guy and you know, yeah, punch him out? It, it, he probably looks just, back and sees now that's what he's doing. Now he thinks to himself, "Golly, what what was all that? You know, know. what was all that? Like, look at sure. this is this is what I'm doing now. This is how it is. This is how easy it is because he makes it look easy, even though it's not. But now you know, just looking in the rearview mirror, things do look a lot easier. Obviously, when you've oh, been yeah. through it all, but. I mean, he, he does, I think he's very appreciative of where he is, the opportunity that he's having. And that's where he basically boils down to, is having that opportunity to go out and compete. He loves to compete. He's a competitor. And you see that when he's on the mound, the fiery competitor that he is, it comes out in him. And, um, mate, it's it's proven to be you know, the best part of him. Go out there and just, you know, be confident, compete day in, day out. You make a good point, mate, because I asked him too about some of the old school coaches who just like, just, just relax, mate, or, you know, a can of toughen up. I think though, yeah. when, when <laughs> and again, everyone's trying to help, maybe they're not, but yeah. if you have a bit of that, you know, that, tr that brain trickery, that hocus pocus, all these like tapping techniques and stuff. And again, mate, if you're listening and yeah. you use it, hey, have at it, or you do certain meditation yeah. or whatever. I, that's that's all good like good on yeah. you like but you have to have you know like you said man a little bit of that combination find something that you can understand what's going on inside that head of yours but also have that that can of toughen up where you're just like you know what? all right i get anxious i can i know that's what's going on i can look that you know look that in the eye and say i'm good now it's time for me i'm seconds away here it's on me right here whack here we go you know so i think it's just really interesting i love i could talk for hours i don't want to keep him for too long uh i want to drag him into this next segment which is a big one the aussie segment that's yeah. grouse we've got australia day coming up mate now yeah, we do now let, let's do a little history lesson australia day is essentially like the u.s it's like kind of like their fourth of july right where yeah. everyone gets very patriotic you got the aussie flag all over you the southern cross right which we both yep. have tattooed on us by the way, yep. And yep. for the new listeners, if you go back, we have talked about this before and the Bogan, we talked about Bogans and, and whatnot and uh, some Aussie icons. But anyway, you can go back and, and listen to some of the old episodes. I know a lot of you uh, got, are playing catch up right now, but Australia Day, mate, it's a blast. Yeah. It's, wow. uh, it's, a good, it's a good time. You get patriotic, you get proud to be an Australian. I'm very proud to be an Australian, no matter what. And so are you, yeah. Grant. I'm proud to be living here in the US too. Two oh, great yeah. countries, two really freaking good countries, man. 
Now I don't want to turn this into. We're very lucky. We are. We are friggin' lucky. Really, I've traveled all over. For some people, it's even it's even more of a special day for some people, mate. Uh, Like yourself, then it's your birthday. It's your birthday. Thank you. (laughs) Can you get any more Aussie than that? Having a birthday on Australia Day, mate. It's it's true and true. You see it, true blue, mate. True blue, right there. Believe it. So. yeah. I'll have to wish you a happy birthday here uh, in a couple of sessions here. When, um, For sure. Well, actually, uh, actually next week, I think, mate. It's in coming up. It's coming up. It's coming up here and uh, I don't know if you want to hold off on the date. You were trying to do a bit of a quiz or, or if you're going to just let well, that day out. Well, I'm doing a quiz on you, mate, because before we got on, I said, oh, I want to talk about Australia Day and you were all over the shop. You didn't even know, even know what Australia Day was. So let's, let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's explain. Australia Day is basically January- it was your birthday. Well, yeah, it's my birthday. That's all. <laughs> Basically, it marks the day 1788, the landing it, of the mate. first first fleet in Sydney Cove in Botany Bay. <laughs> That's it, mate. January 26th. That's right. The boys came over from England. That's right. Brought and all the convicts, mate. They're all flooded with flooded with um, convicts, mate. They didn't know where to take them, so they underneath just, the ships. They, Yep, that's Can you it. Imagine, dude. Can you imagine? Like everyone's like, "Oh, you're a bunch of convicts." And well, it's actually true. Like a lot, yeah. lot of our, yeah, a lot of our ancestors are convicts. But dude, they had those yeah. ships. I think there's like what there's eleven of them, right? Yeah. And they just shoved in human beings under these ships. They're all basically prisoners. Back to the gills, mate. Back to the gills, truck or block. And then they rock yeah. up on the beach, and these prisoners are like, "Oh man, I'm going to go be a slave on this new island somewhere." They got off. They had an absolute blast. They loved oh, it. Oh, mate, they're in heaven. <laughs> Look at it. Sandy beaches, the likes. <laughs> Good waves. Going so oh, yeah. Mate, they, uh, they started their own colonies up. Yeah, mate. It was, uh, I mean, it couldn't have been any better for those blokes. Oh, yeah. Having an absolute, having a blast. So obviously, that's basically- you know, there was some confliction there uh, with the, we have obviously the first people in Australia with the Aborigines. Right. There was some issues there. And you're right. There, there is some hard feelings towards Australia Day. I will address that. And you know, some people call it Invasion Day. With that being said, it's a day where I think, and, and you probably agree with me too, Australia Day. It's not like I'm looking back, thinking about the day they rocked up on the beach. I spend Australia Day celebrating and appre- and just appreciating how lucky you and I were, man, to grow up in an amazing country. How lucky we were to have that. I think that's the biggest yeah. thing. So speaking of that. I'm going to put you to the test here. Now, I sort of, I didn't really give you a heads up before the show here, but this not is not just, this is a quiz on Australia. I want to know how Australian you are. Now, my birthday was on Australia Day, so I'm good. I'm in the clear. But for Grant Balfour, you, mate, yeah. you, again, we've talked about this to some of our guests. Your accent goes in and out. I hear oh, the American on, accent mate. sometimes. I never, I, my accent never changes, by the way. It stays straight true blue Aussie. You do have an American <laughs> passport too, I believe. Is that Who? right? Or a green card. Uh, we, well, I got I got both Aussie and American dual <laughs> citizenship. Yeah, you've got like haven't you got like four passports or something? Freaking James Bond over here. <laughs> <laughs> Just call me Double O Seven, mate. <laughs> but, so and you have you have one eight hundred Double O Seven. Just give me a ring. <laughs> we talked about yeah. We talked about this with Liam Hendricks, right? Yeah. You, you have some Aussies can cut the call completely. They live in the states, and it's it's all over. Oh yeah. For me, I was going back every year and I'm, I'm, you know, very Australian, whatever. But you're sort of in between. You're super, if you listen to this show, you're very Australian. But yeah. you haven't been back the same amount as I have, all right? So I'm going to put you to the test here. Uh, I, went, I, went, I went back every year for a long time, but I haven't been back 
honestly, I, I could get into it, but it's, you know, there, there's kind of a reason behind it. But anyway. No, I get it. I totally get yeah. it. Plus, you know, yeah, that's what happens. My mom talks about this all the time. You know, you're over here, you have a family, you meet you, you meet someone, yeah. you're playing baseball, you have kids, all the things that keep you over here. I, sh- I should be back in Australia yeah. way more, but that's just the way it goes. All right. So here's a cut. I'm going to throw up. I've just got all these questions in front of me, by the way. And if you're driving along yeah. listening to this, don't crash when he when Grant can't answer, answer some of these questions. They are pretty tough. I'm not going to lie. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Here's an easy one for you. What year did Sydney host the Olympics? 2000. <laughs> you're in them. Okay. How many... Oh, this is a tough one because you've got territories and, and whatnot. How yeah. many states make up Australia? And I don't think it's a trick question. Here we go. How many states make up Australia? And you can states, do states or with territories. territories? You're talking about states or territories? Oh, so, states. So give me how many states and give me how many territories? Territories. We got the two territories. Two territories. You got the Australian Capital Territory, is ACT, and then the Northern Territory. Yep. Right. And you got Western Australia, South Australia, New, uh, New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, South Australia. Six states. That's right. Six states, two territories. And the reason they got the ACT is because they wanted a New South Wales wanted it. Melbourne wanted it. The Parliament House to be there. So they fought over it. Hold on. They decided it's going to be right in the middle. So they put it there in Canberra, right? And then, hey, diddle diddle, mate. Hold on, say that again. I thought it was because it was off the coast in case people come and invade. And- no, I mean, that, they, if you read up on it, I think you'll find that they fought over it. They wanted it in either state. And they decided, all right, we'll put it in the middle. So basically, it's in the middle. Oh, listen, the two states. Jeez, I might, I might have met my match here with some of these questions. All right, Anzac. Now, Anzac Day is later yeah. on. It's in April. What does yeah. Anzac stand for? Australian New Zealand Army Corps. Yeah, you're all over this, mate. You have definitely not cut the court. Cut the court. I like it. And again, yeah. Australians like, oh, who doesn't? The Australians and New Zealanders went and fought in Gallipoli, mate, in Turkey. They got bombarded over there. They got, they got hurt. They, so they, they landed in there. Yeah, and they got, they got shot down it's right as they came off. By machine guns. Boats. Oh, yeah. They've never nasty. seen a machine gun in their life. They're like, what's this? And the thing just arced bullets and freaking took them out. Yep. Okay. Highest mountain in Australia is what? Jeez, uh, I should know this, shouldn't I? Oh, mate. You should. Now, Kosciuszko. That's it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was, but I was, I was starting to go into that fight or freeze, mate. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you got to fight. Yeah. You need to sit down. We need to go have lunch with Tyler at spring training and talk about when you're answering yeah. these these uh, these questions. All right. Yeah. What what is Donald Bradman's batting average in cricket? Uh, Ninety nine point six or something. Where is it? Oh, let me have a look. Where is it? Oh, it's like ninety nine point nine or ninety nine point six or something ridiculously oh, high. Thirty two. Where's thirty two at? Yeah, ninety nine point nine four. Yeah, there you go. You're right. Nice. Jeez, oh, mate. That's a shot. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, That's career average, yeah. Okay. What city in Australia hosts the last Commonwealth Games? What city? Yeah. Brizzy. <laughs> the Gold Coast. Yeah, Brisbane, the Gold Coast. I said Brisbane, Brizzy. Mate, okay. We're gonna, we might have to edit this out. Brisbane and Gold Coast are two separate places, champion. Yeah, but mate, it was up in, it was up in Brisbane. There could have been an event or two up in Brizzy. The um, the lawn bowls could have been up in Brisbane, maybe. 
But no, uh, the Gold Coast. I mean, that's pretty. I think that's pretty close. You no, know reason, what I'm talking about? I didn't have the, 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 the reason. The reason I know. What was this like, is ten for ten? In the <laughs> you're smashing. You're killing. Um, yeah. the, the reason I know this is because my uh, I got family living up on the Gold Coast. My mum's like, oh, well, I never forget, mate. Uh, and and share that to mum. I know she's listening. But uh, I'm like, oh, mum, you know, the Gold Coast, like, you know, like she's yeah. kept saying, why don't you move up here? And I was like, well, I don't know, like, cause I'm, I'm not, you know, like it's, it's beautiful up there, but it's too yeah. far, it's too far away from anything. <laughs> and then she'd say, she'd be like, well, we've got the Commonwealth Games coming, you know that, like everything, <laughs> everything was, well, they've got the Commonwealth Games coming, you know that, don't you? Like, yeah, yeah. That cause, cause she's like, why don't you buy a, buy a, a, a house or something on the Gold Coast? I'm like, oh, yeah. well, you know, is it a good investment? Well, the Commonwealth Games are coming. Like that's just like, <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah. You know? Here's a tough one, mate. Here's a tough one. When did Paul Keating become the Prime Minister of Australia? Oh, Paul Keating. I'm going to go you can, nine, give, you can give it a roundabout. I'm going to go 1988. Oh, dude, close. 1991. Good job. Oof, I like it. Damn. Okay. All right, a couple more here. A couple more. There's a thousand here. We might have to save some of these for one of our um, Australian guests when we have some Australian celebrity on here. Yeah, save a few for them, mate. Yeah. yeah I got one more for you. Hold on. <laughs> Oh, oh, this is a good one, huh? Oh, okay. Where did Mr. Squiggle live? Mr. Squiggles? Oh, man. I remember Mr. Squiggles, the show. He turned upside down, upside down. <laughs> he drew on the chalkboard with his pencil nose. Exactly. That's yeah. right. I, uh, I don't know where he actually lived. The moon. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was always come on the moon. There you go. Okay. We, I do remember the, the picture way. of the moon now. We do and have seeing him of, bouncing around and whatever. <laughs> we do have a lot of listeners. Yeah. I, I looked this up. We have a lot of listeners from Australia. And also we did a, a little music top. I think it was a top 20. We did the, the top 20 bands uh, a couple of episodes ago. Around oh, Christmas yeah, that's time. right. And I know we have, and I actually looked it up. I went and looked at the analytics of our podcast down in Australia. And a lot of the demographic is our age. So I guarantee you, men, yeah. women, whatever. When I asked Mr. Squiggle, everyone's shouting into their headphones or into their TV, the the yeah. cast area the moon the moon i guarantee yeah. it all right I'll, let, let me give you one more let me give you one more and then I'll, I'll i'll let you off the hook here but dude you've you're nailing it mate this is really really good let me go, <laughs> let me go hard mate let me go hard um okay pick this is like uh jeopardy you want sport geography general history or entertainment go geography Whew, all right Geography for 500. You got it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, which Australian city is called the city of lights? Ooh. I'm just going to have to go our hometown, Sydney. False. Perth. Is it, Melbourne? Is it Perth. Perth? Is it? The city oh, of wow. lights. According Jeez. to Western Australians. No, I'm joking. All right. Yeah, let's go one more. You got geography, history, general, entertainment, or sport. What do you want? Go sport. Oh, okay. Let's have a look. Oh, that's too easy. Who right. was it? Donald Bradman. Now this is this is a toss up here because there's only two states that actually play it. Uh, Who won the first ever rugby league state of origin match? First ever. First ever. Obviously, it's 50-50. Lifeline. New South Wales or Queensland, the Maroons. I'm going to go with New South Wales, mate. I've got to go with my hometown. I, I I got a bad feeling that it might not be in them, but I'm going to go with New South Wales. Wrong, mate. It's the Cane Toads. Was the it? Maroons. 
my Wally Lewis. <laughs> yeah, Wally Lewis. Straight uh, the flick pass. I, I had a bad feeling about it, but I just had to go with my true colours, mate. My blue. Queensland. Bleed blue. Mate, what do they say? Bleed blue, mate. Bleed blue. How big of a deal was the state of origin growing up? Everyone's oh, tuning into that. Everyone's tuning into that. Mate, it still is. Mate versus massive. mate. State versus state. Yeah, it's massive, mate. <laughs> uh, Talk about awesome. that. The footy's, footy's coming up pretty soon. Yeah, it is. I know, trial matches. Bring, few trial matches. We have to bring Morosi back on for a breakdown. He's all over it. You watch. He texts me. Yeah. Hey, by the way, he texts me afterwards. You mentioned in it's coming back up in March. And yeah. uh, he's like, oh, hey, I'm looking at teams right now. I think I'll get a couple. Couple nailed down. <laughs> He's a maniac, dude. He know he knows it all. It was awesome. That's anyway, funny. all right, Grant. I'm going to let you go, mate. This has been an absolute blast of an episode. We had a good Aussie segment, bit of trivia. Yeah, happy Australia Day to you. Hopefully happy Australia got- Day to yourself, and mate, happy birthday. I appreciate can it. Yeah, uh, can I put an age on it? Can we put a number on this one, or what? What What are we looking at? Is uh, 30, 38? Have a guess, mate. Thirty eight. 39. 39. I'll be 12 months before 40. 39. Right now, I'm Jeez. on the shred, mate. Got me by a year. Try to try to look after you, mate. 38. I've, I've committed to my I've committed myself to just getting on the shred. I'm gonna when I, once I hit 40, I'm just gonna be in, in top nick, mate. I'm gonna top try nick. to be in the best shape of yeah, my yeah. life. Yeah. That's so, it, mate. Hit the yeah. hit the bag, you know, hit the hit the punch bag, do some no, boxing. That's right. No more pies at Smoko, no more loaves of bread. No, yeah, that's it. No more VBs. That's it. Trying to look like Grant Balfour. Chicken salad. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Chicken salad. Trying to eat healthy. All right, mate. Well, this has been fun. Tyler was an absolute legend for coming on with us. We've got yeah. uh, some good stuff coming up. So, uh, anyway, have a good week, my man, and, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, buddy. Let's talk soon. Thanks to all the listeners out there, and uh, happy Australia Day to everyone in Australia. And, and in the States, too. Go and get a meat the pie. States, yeah, obviously. There you go. Yeah, give you, treat yourself to a meat pie. <laughs> All right, the music's booting us off. We'll, I'll talk to you next week, champion. See you, mate. See you, champion. Hey, what's going on, guys? Before you flick it off, I just want to say a big thanks for tuning in this week. Happy Australia Day all over the world, especially my Australians too. I wish I was back there. I'm usually back there right in the middle of summer. But just a quick reminder before you do anything else, go click subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends we are growing and growing and having an absolute blast right here on the top step. So we will see you next week. Have a good one. Happy Australia Day. We'll see you next time. Thank you.